Michael, how are you today? I'm feeling good. Feeling a bit sunburned after our one day of sun yesterday. It is a beautiful sunny time here in uh, Dublin. I was literally (laughs) one second away from saying Galway. I am wearing a hat, which is unusual, but this is how I'm stopping myself from getting sunburned because sun cream in the college pharmacy costs, wait for it, 16 euro. For how much? For like this much. Lucian, this is an auditory podcast. For a small amount. <laughs> Let's just say I should be paying a visit to the wonderful establishment Deals in the morning, and I will be getting myself some 150 sun cream, which will probably not work and just give me further sun cancer. I actually do feel sunburned. That's the spirit. That's amazing. We're here today on Where's the Damn Sequel, a podcast about movies that should have sequels but didn't get sequels because of and people. And the franchises that have been disenfranchised. disenfranchised. This be the I, I want to work that. No, but I like franchises because then it's franchises disenfranchised. But it some works. of these, but only some of these movies can be referred to as part of a franchise. Like, for example, today's can be because it, it was a sequel. But if we're talking about Over the Hedge, we're not going to be like the Over the Hedge franchise. I will make it the Over the Hedge franchise. Okay, we're, I was, oh, I'm just going to steal a lot of ideas from another podcast today. God bless. We're the two friends. <laughs> Hashtag the two friends. I'm not doing this. Um, today's movie, 2007 is the year. May is the month. May 4th. Friday, May 4th. I went to the cinema May 4th to see a new release film that got it, came out that day. It was the most exciting film of, the, of that weekend. A huge, a huge, highly anticipated release I was so excited. It was, of course, Bridge to Terabithia. Of course. Meanwhile, all the other kids were watching Spider-Man 3. Which is what we're going to talk yes. about. So, and I was like, Spider-Man 3, I don't care about spiders I mean, men. I feel like with this tone, we're disparaging Bridge to Terabithia. Which, is, which, which was is an wonderful. amazing film. Not as good as Spider-Man 3, in hindsight. I think Spider-Man 3 is, overall, I, I would rather rewatch it on a regular basis. I mean, I get that, but I Bridge feel like is, the emotional... Oh, Bridge to Terabithia, punch. oh yeah. But the thing is, because everyone was at Spider-Man 3, the only people watching Bridge of were my mother and I. And we had no idea that the twist was coming. God bless. So when the sad, no, spo- no, spoilers. no spoilers, but when the sad thing happens, hashtag the sad thing, we were distraught, mutually distraught. The and sad meanwhile, thing is my favorite Fantastic Four's character. <laughs> I don't even get the reference. Because he's the thing. Oh, right, the sad thing, okay. <laughs> meanwhile... Everyone else was next door, watching the even more heartbreaking scenes of Sandman turning to sand in Spider-Man 3. Which, Who saw that Which, coming? no joke, I cry at every time I watch that movie. So Spider-Man 3 came out May 2007. I need to get some basic stats about a budget and such. Huge hit. Shocking. I think it was probably the highest grossing superhero movie for, for a while until, until basically 14 months <clears throat> later when The Dark Knight and Iron Man showed up. Yeah. Budget of $258 million. Sounds like a lot of money. I'll tell you a fun fact, though. Film that came out a year later that cost 200 Guess now. You're going to do a guessing game with Oh, you. no. Stolen from another podcast, but whatever. There was a blockbuster film. It came out June 2008. Not superhero movie. Not animated. Cost $240 million. Guess what it was. C- cost $240 million. Guess, guess what it was. June 2008. You've got one minute. Okay. I'll give you clues. 20 questions. Yes, so, or, no, yes okay. or no questions. So just just before we start the questions, yeah. just to clarify. Not animated? No, not, not superhero. Not superhero. No. Came out between Iron Man and Dark Knight in that, in that period. Okay. Okay. Yes or no questions? Okay. Disney? Yes. Ooh. 
live action? Yes. Would I recognize the main actor's name? I'm not sure who you would. Just, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not. No, no. I'm not sure who the main actor is. It's oh. more. It's more ensemble. Oh. I'm not ensemble. sure it has a standout lead character really. It being an ensemble is immediately sending off warning signs in my head. <laughs> not a terrible film by any means. Certainly not one that I would watch often, but a, a fine film. Would you watch it today if it was put on? Where? That is a yes or no like question. If it was released as a new release? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I I don't know. Lucy. Okay. The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Really? Oh. $240 million. I, sh- I... You know what? I like that. I forgot there was a sequel. Yeah. It's a fun film. I, I've i watched the first Chronicles in Arlie. Yes. A couple times. Never watched the second. I hate the first one. Really? I hate the first one. I really like the second one. And I think the Voyage of Dawn Treader is pretty good. But I also... Right, there was a third one. But Disney didn't make the third one, though, so it was a lot cheaper. But I think... And they're making a fourth one. But I believe The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is probably my, fa- my least favorite Narnia book as well. Do you think if they go... And if you think if they made all of the movies, they'd keep in the part about Lucy yeah. getting excluded? I don't think that they're gonna ever make them all. But like, yeah. imagine they did. You imagine mean, it becomes yes, like ten years after it was released, yes. it becomes the new Harry Potter, and they make every book. But like, it's weird because one of the books has absolutely nothing to do with the the Heaven, whatever the hell their name is, Pevensey Children. <laughs> the Pevensey Children. What are they called? The Pevensey Children. Why are we talking about Narnia? I mean, we we could we could do a Narnia episode. That's the thing, right? But I <laughs> I don't t- want for to. today. I don't want Spider-Man to. Spider Man Three. So how, just, much, how much did it make on a two hundred and fifty eight mm-hmm. million? Eight 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 hundred and ninety one, which for two thousand and seven was massive, um, really really big hit. I'd say it actually still made more money than uh, Spider Man Homecoming made last year. Okay, Spider Man Three. I absolutely love Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three is broadly considered to be garbage. I think it's a masterpiece. How much of that do you think is down to the one scene where Peter dances down the street? Not even my favorite scene, to be honest. I, I didn't mean it should be your favorite. Oh, I meant I find it hard garbage. to watch. Oh, really? I think it's hilarious. It's it's knowing. It knows what its film is very self aware. Uh, I think that that I think if every comic book movie had weird, kind of like not trying too hard to be funny, but just trying to do something different scenes like that jazz club scene, I think they'd all be a lot more entertaining. I mean, that's fair. This film is like, if you watch Sam Raimi's original films. Has Sam Raimi done, I feel like I only know him in relation to Spider-Man. So before, well, I mean, he he made Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Those are his masterpieces. Okay. Has he done anything post Spider-Man 3? Oz the Great and Powerful. Possibly subject of a future episode. I'm quite fond of that film. Haven't seen it. It is a Wizard of Oz prequel starring known sexual harasser James Franco. Uh, who Michelle, is Michelle also in Spider-Man, in Spider-Man 3. Michelle Williams is in it. Rachel Weitz and Mila Kunis. A lot of fun. And Zach Braff plays a monkey. Oh, that's all you hate, need. hate Zach Braff. Okay, noted. Chicken little. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire, back for the third and final time Spider-Man. I think Tobey Maguire is probably ranking of comic book performance, comic book movie performance this 21st century. Number one, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Number two, Heath Ledger. No, number one, Heath Ledger Joker. Number two, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Number three, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. You are going into this as someone with no uh, attachment to the comic books. Yes. Which is I'm just talking about from a film perspective. Yeah. I think Tobey Maguire is phenomenal. I think he's a great... 
Peter Parker. He's so likable. Don't like him as Spider-Man. Because his voice is not I just right. don't think he's a Spider-Man. I don't... Ha- yeah, well, I, he is my Spider-Man. I think I, I think, think, I think, I think Tom Holland is an adorable fine. and lovable yes. Peter Parker. I think Tom Holland is the opposite. I think Tom Holland was a pretty good Spider-Man. I think he was not a great Peter Parker. I didn't really like him in the school stuff. I thought he was, he was okay. fair. Of, where does Andrew Garfield fall in? I think Andrew Garfield was a terrible actor. And a terrible, I think it was a poorly written character. I, poorly written. Those films are poorly written, poorly directed, <laughs> and poorly scored, but I think Andrew Garfield's a bad actor. And I don't I, think he's a bad actor. I'm defending... Ugh. Do you? Did you see Silence? I did. Did you like Silence? I liked Silence. I knew you'd like Silence. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. I wouldn't ever rewatch Silence. That's fine. <laughs> but it is something I'm glad I've watched once. Silence is probably top ten least favorite films of mine. I hated every minute get of it. That. Yeah, oh, I thought it was intriguing. Pure Japan, fucking, ugh. and then all the spiritual. I don't know. Tell me where we're, we're like we're, we're talking about a film that an actor was in who wasn't even in Spider-Man Three. Okay, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Only thing I've ever really liked Kirsten Dunst in is the Spider-Man movies. She's pretty good in them. James Franco's in it. I think he's great in Spider-Man Three because he's he, he unleashes his sleaze and untrustworthiness to the max in this role in this film. Thomas Hayden Church. One of the most underrated character actors of his generation as Sandman, my uncle, who uh, died in 2012, uh-huh. once said to us at dinner that he had watched Spider-Man 3 on a plane and that he had thought Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman was a great, great character. And he was still talking about it six months later. And uh, I will always think, you know, Spider-Man 3, uh, you can give out about it all you want, but uh, my uncle watched it the whole way through. And so did my dad. So, and they would never watch comic book movies otherwise. Topher Grace is in this. Uh, I have no, no you can real. Say what you want about Topher Grace. No real opinions on Topher Grace. Bryce Dallas is in this. Bryce Dallas Howard is terrific from The Village and. Uh, yeah, that movie. Else. Well, that's her. That's her best performance. I know, but it's not a good movie. No. Rosemary Harris and Cliff Robertson are the grandparents. J.K. Simmons is the photographer, editor, dude. And James can, Cromwell is... Can you is remember his character name? J. Jonah Jameson. Good luck. And James Cromwell is like the chief of police who's also Bryce Dallas's dad. So basically, everything that goes on in this film is pretty hard to sum up. Uh, I think I summed it up best when I wrote my article, which you can find online. It's called Spider-Man 3 is the most earnest, enjoyable Marvel movie ever made. Seriously. Humble brag. Uh, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I, I love this movie and I wrote about it. Uh, where do I... Where do I... Uh, Try and sum up the plot, because uh, I did a pretty... F- okay. Okay, do you want to read this out, Michael? Just this okay. paragraph? Yeah, this is written by Lucian. The film manages to cram an extraordinary amount into ter- 135 minutes. I'm going to skip the actor names. Okay, that's fine. We begin with Peter Parker, still dating Mary Jane Watson, who is now a Broadway actor. But he's got beef with Harry, because Harry thinks Peter killed Harry's dad, Norman, way back in Spider-Man 1. Peter's also got a flirty thing going with Gwen, daughter of the police chief, and with the secretary of the newspaper editor, J. Jonah Jameson, who buys his photos of Spider-Man. There's a rival photographer on the scene who also fancies Gwen. Do you want me to keep going? Uh, I'm going too slow. Peter's grandmother <laughs> is still pretty sad because her... Hu- Wait, is he her, is she his grandmother or his aunt? Um, She's his aunt. Yeah. I called her grandmother. That's so embarrassing. Peter's grandmother is still pretty sad because her husband Ben died in the first movie. Who killed him? Turns out it was Flint, a small-time criminal who escapes prison, falls into a pit, and turns into a sand monster. As if everyone didn't have enough problems, an asteroid lands right beside Peter and MJ's hammock, 
releasing black goo. Peter gets goo on him, and he turns mean and gets an edgy new hairdo. Starts I, feel like, being... I feel like I have to butt in here to mention that mean and edgy are bold. <laughs> yes. Starts being sleazy to women and disrespectful to his elders. It's the ultimate millennial horror story. God bless. Nothing I've said here is untrue, right? I'm pretty sure it's accurate. <laughs> uh, they get, this is a movie about a guy who gets goo on him and turns evil. Sounds like the worst solution to a Nickelodeon Awards show ever. <laughs> slime, Michael. <laughs> slime. Listen, is there is there a difference? Do you hear a fun slime anecdote? I'm not sure I do. In Ballina, um, my mother went into the pharmacy one time to get some particular substance she needed. I don't know what it was, a cream or an oil or something. Okay, were... yeah, it's just, I'm, oh, I'm glad it? you clarified Some kind of oil. Because that sounded really suspicious. Something she needs, something pretty common. And they said, oh, sorry, we're all out. She was like, what, why are you out of that? And they were like, the local kids, they buy it in bulk and they use it to make slime. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I've never encountered slime in Balina, but someday I'm going to get it dumped on my head and it'll be hilarious. Kids, I like kids how choice the, awards the person running the pharmacy knew. Yes, they knew it was They were slime. like, yeah, kids have been buying it. And it's like, I know what they're up to. It's so slime. The movie starts with um, Peter goes to see Gwen in her musical. And they dubbed Kirsten Dunst's singing. Kirsten Dunst apparently can't sing, even though she like has sung in other things, as far as I know. Uh, and then Peter like attacks... No, Peter is attacked by Harry, James Franco, after outside. And Harry gets uh, hit against a brick wall and he, he loses his memory. So he forgets that Peter killed his dad, or he's blaming Peter for killing his dad, like Willem Dafoe, and he's like, he's like, yo, Peter, you're my best buddy. I have never had any issues with you. We are good friends. It's kind of like a bit of a Tommy Wiseau yeah, thing, Yeah, I was going to say. He's like, Peter, we are best friends. You see Greg Sestero's coming to Dublin next week. I did. I, I really don't care, but like, <laughs> it seems like a big deal. Wait, I can do a Tommy Wiseau. I can do a Franco as Wiseau voice. I make movie. I make big, good movie. I, Peter, you're my best friend. Christian, this is being recorded. Is it? Oh, so it is. Um, I just want to have this on record, you doing your impersonation. I say here... Of a James Franco you, impersonation <laughs> of Tommy Wiseau. I say here, you haven't seen Willem Dafoe act until you've seen him shout, Avenge me! Which he does shout in this film. Yeah, as a ghost. I'm sure that doesn't happen in every film he's in. He like re- Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. We needed it in the Florida Avenge Project. Me. Avenge me. Um, so anyway, uh, he, he so Harry is visited by the ghost of Willem Dafoe, and he remembers why this film is garbage. <laughs> Lucian. <laughs> no, it's great. Lucian. Look, honestly, like this is the only f- okay. A list of comic book movies that my dad has watched from start to finish. Okay. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Spider Man Three. Not Watchmen. No. Spider-Man 3 twice. Does Helma, does Hellboy? Has not watched Hellboy. Only ones, four. This is the only one that wasn't directed by Christopher Nolan that he's watched from start to, I mean, since like Superman came out when he was 15, whatever. So there's something in this film, and maybe it's just like a weird thing that like the men on my dad's side of the family responded to it, but it's like people like this movie, a certain demographic, and that's, it's achieved something. It's got a weird zany energy that's really likable. Like, okay, so. It feels like a comic book. It's, it's literally like a like I think yeah. I think the first Avengers kind of has that vibe as well, where it's like splash page, kind of like. But I think that the the first Avengers movie, I think like all films scripted by his lord and master Joss Whedon, has not aged well uh, because his jokes are so profoundly 2012. Um, whereas this film is just like timeless. Uh, so he 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 punches his sandy stomach 
Wait, what's happening? Oh, Peter is Peter. So Peter has to fight <laughs> the Sandman <laughs> in the sewers. How much are we dedicating to summing up the movie? We'll try and get it done in like four minutes. <laughs> okay, Peter um, fights Sandman in the sewers, uh, and and Sandman is cool because he just like he keeps like going whoosh, and like sand comes out behind his back and he's like he's made. I, I know this is a podcast, but you're missing a visual yeah. treat of Lucian acting out a fight scene. Um. So the birth, the birth of Sandman scene. I've always said movingly scored by Danny Elfman, music by Christopher Young. Christopher Young. I had no idea Christopher Young was this film. I don't know who he is. Anyway, um, so the like the birth of Sandman scene, which is not no longer on YouTube. Well, maybe it is. Is like you went into quite a lot of detail about Danny Elfman in your blog, uh, for a part that isn't. That's fantastic, isn't it? That's actually the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm not. I'm not convinced of this. I'm honestly. I, I'm pretty sure Danny Elfman scores Spider-Man three. <laughs> I'm pretty. Sure. He, he did the first two. Like he did. He did one and two. What Danny Elfman? No. Oh, main title. He just. But that they just used his main title from the other ones. Snow Patrol did a song for Spider-Man three. I'm gonna get to that. Oh wow. Um. So anyway, birth of Sandman scene. It's just this one shot basically of Sandman coming out of the sand and he's crying and he looks at a locket with a picture of his daughter. And, like, it is, I mean, it looks kind of dated now. It kind of looks like a Radiohead album cover or something. But it's, like, it's just a beautiful piece of animation. Like, and this Sandman character is really, it's a it's an affecting performance. Like, Thomas Hayden Church is great, and he's got this whole thing with his daughter. Father-daughter relationships, if I haven't made this clear on this show, are my number one emotional weakness in films. I don't know why. I'm, I'm going to psychoanalyze myself to try and figure out. But I have, like, a serious weakness for like sentimental father-daughter stuff and fathers being taken away from their daughters and stuff and i that's why i love films like interstellar and spider-man 3 um so anyway so he fights the sandman and then he gets the goo on him and he's evil black spider-man so he now wears a black suit and as we all know black means bad nothing good about anyone who's black okay so um so there's like the thing with the yeah, I'm I'm on about how like Peter and Gwen are like really charming couple. Is this just the uh, like the the Guardian long read of yeah. your own article? I wrote so much about Spider Man three. Uh, Peter, so Peter brings Gwen to the jazz club where MJ works because he wants to make MJ jealous, and he proceeds to humiliate her by doing a groovy dance. Um, and he like his hair is like he's got like his hair in like a a fringe, and he's like wearing a an all black suit. And he's with BDH, and he just gets up on the tables, and uh, and he's, like, flipping a chair. And I fucking love this. It's hilarious. Like, it's this is played for laughs. Like, anyone who looks at this and thinks that this scene is not, like, intentionally absurd is reading the film wrong. Look at the way you're, like, it's it's, it's supposed to be I mean, I funny. get that, it's but I still find it's it hard great. to watch. It's great. Yeah, but it's supposed to be cringy. It's great. It's so I love that Tobey Maguire agreed to do this. He's just awesome. And then Kirsten's, like, upset face when um, he kisses Gwen at the end is like, oh, oh, the feels. Okay. So, um, I keep clicking on ads. So, moving on. Da, 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 da. So, Spider-Man, I don't know if this is, like, nothing to do with the premise of the podcast. Right? We're just talking about a film I like. Um, so, I talk as well. I hear, no one cares about my fucking article. Okay. So, then, there's a third villain. Just when you thought you had enough villains. One of the villains being the forces that keep Peter and Gwen apart. There's another villain. The goo gets on Topher Grace, who's a jealous photographer, and Topher Grace transforms into 
Venom. Venom. With these big white teeth, and he's like this black monster creature, and he has big white teeth, and he's really, really freaky looking. And he kidnaps Gwen in a taxi, and then Peter has to band together with Harry to save her, I think. Uh, and maybe Sandman's there as well. I honestly don't remember. So it's that's probably worth knowing. The that's plot. the plot of Spider-Man Three, and there is a Snow Patrol song at the end. Not one of the best songs, but any film with a Snow Patrol song is like improved by twenty percent. So I don't know if that's true. Improved by twenty percent. Can't name too many Snow Patrol movie um, soundtracks. Well, my entire future filmography will be full of <laughs> any film I ever work on in any capacity will be full of Snow Patrol songs. Uh, Lost and Found, please. Lost and Found was uh, not really my film in any capacity. Uh, I'm not going to count that. Oof. No, I'm just saying I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take credit for other people's work. That's fair. I'm not take credit for other people's work. It's a great film. I'm not going to take credit for other people's work. <laughs> you have any other thoughts on Spider-Man Three? Is like, do you enjoy it? Have you seen it more than once? Um, I, I think I have, but more as like a background thing. I don't yes. think I've paid full attention to it for mm. more than one time. Well, should. <laughs> uh, so, like, so listen. Where's the damn? Sequel? Where's the damn sequel? Okay, we're on this part of the. <laughs> the titular part of the, the titular podcast. part of the it's the titular role there's a, a lady word reference right there <laughs> so Spider-Man 3 opened May 2007 it earned made so much money it earned oh my god 90% awareness among moviegoers that's incredible um, the FX channel signed a five year deal for the television rights to Spider-Man 3, which they began airing in 2009. The price was based on the film's box office performance with an option for three opportunities for Sony to sell the rights to one or more other broadcast networks. That's actually really funny. <laughs> FX like, paid a ton of money to show this film on television, and then it was crap, and no one wanted to see it. It wasn't crap. It wasn't No one liked it, artistic. though. You know what, though? 63% is not bad. It's not bad. It's actually good. That's that's fresh. That's a fresh rating. I, I Six point one out of ten. It's pretty good. That's really good. Everyone always gives out about Spider Man three, but I mean, it was actually quite well received. Um, though there are more characters and plot, though there are more characters and plot lines, and the action still dazzles. Spider Man three isn't quite as refined as the first two. Ah, the first Spider Man is a mess. <laughs> first one has Green Goblin with a ridiculous mask going, "I'm the Goblin." But he sets it up for the third one. It's <sighs> all world building. Anyway. Spider-Man 3 was nominated for a BAFTA for visual effects, and it won a Golden Trailer Award. It was nominated for Kids' Choice Award for favorite movie actor Kirsten Dunst. I hope that she got slime on her. That would have been really funny. It made loads of money. It is the 23rd highest grossing film outside North America. Uh, And it was really the last big hit of, oh my god, there's an editor's cut of Spider-Man 3 released in 2017? Unused music, two minutes shorter. Two minutes shorter. <laughs> Some scenes have been completely removed. Three new scenes, three alternate. This is insane. How have I not seen the Spider-Man 3 editor's cut? Okay. In 2007, Spider-Man 4 entered development with Raimi attached to direct and Maguire, Dunst, and other cast members set to reprise their roles. A fourth and a fifth were planned. They were going to shoot them back-to-back, Pirates style. 2009, Raimi said the fourth film was in development. There might be a sixth one as well. <laughs> James Vanderbilt wrote the screenplay. James Vanderbilt wrote White House Down. Quep uh, was involved. Fuck off, Quep. No one likes you. Uh, the script was subsequently written by Pulitzer-winning playwright David Lindsay Abair. I mean, we, we, what, what are we missing out on? And again, by Gary Ross. He made Hunger Games. Ooh. Sony also engaged Vanderbilt to write scripts for five and six. 
They wanted the lizard to be in the fourth movie, and they were going to have Dylan Baker play him because he plays Kirk Connors in the first three movies. Malkovich was in negotiations to play Vulture, and Anne Hathaway was in negotiations to play Black Cat. This is crazy. She is Vulture's daughter in this version of the script. In 2010, Raimi withdrew. They cancelled plans for Spider-Man 4. They decided to reboot it. Call it Amazing Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. And in 2014, it was revealed that stock footage of a crowd reacting to Spider-Man catching Gwen in Spider-Man 3 was used in the 2017 film Life, a film that is also about a, um, a like, weird goo substance <laughs> that it causes people a lot of problems. So, so it goes to slime cinematic universe. Slime cinematic, the goo, the black goo cinematic universe. So, this the is, goo see you. The goo see you. This is weird because like there's been no sequel to Spider-Man Four, but every element of this film has been re- reprised in some of this potential Spider-Man Four yeah. has come up. We've had a vulture. Who would, if it was up to you, and you could pick Malkovich or Michael Keaton, who would you have cast as Vulture? Ooh. I think Michael Keaton is like a way better actor than yeah. Malkovich, but Malkovich just would be so much fun in a Spider-Man. I, yeah, movie. I don't know. I feel like current Keaton was great. Current Keaton was great. I don't know about 2009. I mean, Keaton is, is such a... Oh, he's, I'm just picturing it. He's such a good actor, but Malkovich, I will get you Spider-Man! That would be fantastic. There was also Larry David vulture rumors at one point. That would be hilarious. It would be absolutely amazing. Anne Hathaway as the Black Cat character is so funny because, of course, she played Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. And also because... Felicity Jones was cast as that character in the Andrew Garfield movies, and she shows up in the second one as like Dane DeHaan's assist as Harry's assistant, and then she's just never get she never got to do the black cat thing because they didn't make any more. It's really weird it's that they only made two of those movies. I mean, they're 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 awful, but it's really strange they never made a third one. It just feels wrong. Is it that strange? But the, the good thing is though <laughs> is that because they never made a third one. There's like, there's no, if there was three of those movies, there'd be an argument of like, what's the better Spider-Man trilogy, the Raimi's or the Webb's? But because the Webb's never got to finish his trilogy, the There's Raimi, one tr- good trilogy. There's only one good trilogy. There's only one good Spider-Man trilogy. Like, there, there's no argument there. It's like, there's a trilogy and then some people are like, I liked Andrew Garfield, but no one's like, those films are better. I don't think anyone argues that. Um, and then the other thing is that Venom, of course... Is, is coming out this year. There's a Venom movie with Tom Hardy, which is like a thing that I keep forgetting about. Yeah, because the trailer didn't show Venom. Did not show... I don't think Venom's going to be in that film. <laughs> um, it, it would appear that it's more going to be a, a, a kind of dark thriller about Tom Hardy. Uh, I don't even know what he's going to be doing. And it's got Michelle Williams from uh, Oz the Great. Oh, shit, is Woody Harrelson not in it anymore? That's really weird. Woody Harrelson was supposed to be in Venom, and he's, he's not on, the, he's not on the IMDb page, so he must not be in it. That's disappointing. Um, but yeah, so Spider-Man 4, like, so one of the questions on where's the damn sequel is, could you still make it? And obviously, yes. in the case of Spider-Man 4, <laughs> yes, of course you could. It would, it would definitely not confuse kids nowadays if they just said, forget about Andrew Garfield, forget about Tom Holland, who is in all of the Avengers movies. <laughs> We're just going to make Spider-Man 4 with uh, Tobey Maguire, uh, 11... We're going to make Old Man Spider-Man. Old like, Man We're going to make, like, the Logan, the Logan of Spider-Man. How would you make the Logan of Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man's whole thing is he's, like, physically flexible and jumps off walls. How do you do that with 
an old guy. I I'm sure there's a. You could do him handing off the mantle to to a black guy. Well, yeah, the that's the Miles Morales. Yes, that's, that's the only Spider. Like I don't give a shit about Spider Man. I only care about Spider Man Three. It's this weird thing. It's this weird thing where like people are like, "Oh, Spider!" Like, "Oh, like Spider." There's an Avengers movie coming out in six days. I I don't care. Spider Man's in it. I don't care. You know, I do care about Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. Like, like there's no version of Infinity War that interests me at one tenth as much as Spider Man Three or a sequel to Spider Man Three. Like this is just this is a real film. All the the Marvel Cinematic Universe films to me are just like these are Marvel movies. This is like a film about Spider Man. Spider Man Three. Can't say I agree with all. Of That's how I feel about Iron Man. That's how I, I feel res- about Iron Man Two as well. What that it's a Marvel. It's a, it's a real movie? film. Oh, okay. Iron Man Two is like because it's it's like demented. It's got Sam Rockwell and a bur- and a Russian bird, and Mickey Rourke, and this has a guy. This has. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church as the Sandman. Like, those are bizarre ideas. Like, even when they're like, oh, Michael Keaton's a vulture, it just doesn't feel crazy. It just feels like that makes sense. This film has crazy <laughs> things in it. So you don't like Marvel movies making sense? Not the case of me. They don't make like sense. Like casting. Stupid. Yeah, no, I don't like the casting, to be obvious. I think, like, Larry David as, as Vulture is something that could have happened in Spider-Man 4. That could never happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they'd be like, oh, that's Larry David. And it would ruin their whole, we're going to put him in the next one. And then he'll show up in Black Panther 4. And then he'll show up in some other shit. I mean, William Hurt signed a contract for five Marvel movies. He appeared in The Incredible Hulk 2008. He then didn't appear in another one until Civil War in 2016. Like, that's the kind of shit these actors get into. You're not going to sign Larry David up to be like (laughs) Vulture in four of these films. Whereas Michael Keaton is like, Michael Keaton will do anything for work. Um... Ooh. But there's certain actors, certain actors who will only do things that are crazy enough, and I think like Thomas Malkovich. No, nah. no. Thomas Hayden Church is one of those, and like so are um, Rockwell and Mickey Rourke and the guys in Iron Man Two, uh, which can't really get an episode of Where's the Damn Sequel because it has a sequel. So <laughs> that's your Iron Man Two coverage right there. It's your mini. Episode. You're never getting it again. Sorry, lads. So Spider Man Three, Spider Man Four, Sam Raimi is currently. Working on some other DC shit, isn't he? I have no idea. Oh, he made... He didn't direct Don't Breathe. Yeah, he hasn't made a film since Not the Great and Powerful. He was attached to... He was attached to this... One of the DC movies. It may have been The Flash. For like a couple of days. It was like between him, Zemeckis, and... uh, Matthew Vaughn. And then they were like, You know what? None of you are directing this. (laughs) We're giving it to the guys who wrote Spider-Man Homecoming and made Game Night. Uh, Goldstein and Daly. He was second unit on the Hudsucker Proxy. I have no idea what. Hudsucker Proxy is. is one of my favorite Coen Brothers films. It is about the Tim Robbins plays the man who invented the hula hoop, and it is so so excellent. Uh, he they go they go there there chalk. <clears throat> this will be good for listeners. Okay. Is there? No. I have to do my bit. Lucian has gotten up to look for chalk for the... Make a Hudsucker proxy joke. For the blackboard that's right behind us. I can make, I can make a, a Hudsucker proxy joke. He hasn't found any chalk. No, there's no chalk. There's no chalk. He's, not there. He's okay. doing it with his finger. This is what Tim Robbins does in Hudsucker <coughs> I'm just going to narrate this. This is an audio... This is what Tim Robbins does in Hudsucker proxy. 
Right. He goes, I have an idea, an amazing idea for a toy. Okay. Lucien, Lucien just drew a circle. It's pretty, almost a, a perfect circle. It's more like a peach. It's yeah, it's true. And, and, and his boss, Paul when I think, goes, goes well, what is it? And he goes, you know, for kids. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite jokes ever. And it turns out, it's a hula hoop. God bless. Second, second unit director on that movie? What's that, Raimi? And that's... That's Spider-Man 3, I guess. <laughs> um, I feel the problem with this film is that I've kind of done my bit on it before. Yeah. Um, I didn't have anything new to say about it. Um, so you can just read that article if you want. Sorry for wasting your time. Uh, we'll be back soon with with more great movies and more non-existent sequels. And <laughs> I'm actually really tired today. And more... Um, Franchises that have been disenfranchised. Also, I've something. been Michael. This has been Lucian. Follow us on our social media. Yeah, and hopefully the next um, couple episodes will have mostly have um, guests. Yay! Which is always um, preferable. <laughs> um, it just it just is. Yeah. The tangents are more uh, palatable when there's like a third person who has who has takes. Um, so look forward to that and uh, go on a social media and whatever and thank you Michael and thanks Spider Man Three. Yeah.